0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome to the This Week in Rays Baseball podcast. Here's your host,
2: Neil Solons. Well, it's time for our latest podcast. This is actually three in one week. And the reason we're doing this one is because the general manager meetings are in Orlando Monday through Wednesday of next week. So who better to speak about it than Ray, Senior Vice President Haim Bloom. Haim, thanks very much for joining us. Hi, Neil. Good to talk to you. Now, it's been a while, so there are a few subjects I want to hit on. But I mean, let's start with the GM meetings. How much gets done there? Is a lot of the foundation already laid for the offseason? Do you get a feel for the market? How do you use the GM meetings for the rest of your offseason? It's
0: kind of the sort of kickoff event of the offseason in some ways from a front office perspective. Now, that said, uh, we have been already having conversations with other clubs. um, And occasionally, you know, a couple years ago, we acquired Brad Miller even before the GM meetings. So that can happen, and there are conversations that sometimes can get to an advanced stage prior to the GM meetings. But that said, the GM meetings are the first time that everybody gets together. Uh, People come in there looking to do business, and it's really a good way to kind of get down to brass tacks with every team Figure out what they're looking to do, where we might be able to fit with them, and really get into the meat of the off season.
2: the The GM meetings you brought up, Rad. So I don't since you acquired him before, but I think one of the pieces of news this off season is he had surgery. How much do you think that impacted his success or struggles offensively, especially in 2017?
0: You know it's hard to say exactly in these sort of situations. Uh you could tell that Brad was hurting at points and especially the you know the first time that he uh he got hurt, uh he had never been on the DL before and I'm not really sure he even knew how to handle it other than that he knew he really wanted to come back and play. And it was clear to us he had kind of tried to push himself too hard, come back too soon. Um and You wonder how much of that lingered, obviously, knowing that it was something that had to be addressed at the end of the winter. You always wonder how much of that lingered. He's such a competitor, and uh, he likes to be out there, so he wasn't going to use it as an excuse. But, you know, it's hard to think that it didn't bother him in some way.
2: Our last podcast was with Evan. Um, What did it mean to you and the rest of the front office to see him win a gold glove for the third time? Couldn't be happier for Evan.
0: And, uh, you know, well-deserved. And, you know, he's just a guy that you love to see – guys like Evan get recognized publicly for what they do because we who are around him every day, we understand how professional he is and how seriously he takes his craft, how hard he works to excel everywhere, but especially over at third base. And it's, it's a daily effort for him. And we see him getting his work in there basically every single day. And you just appreciate what he goes through to be ready to play every day, to be ready to play for his teammates, uh, how much he cares about winning. And so to see him, uh, as much of a team guy as he is, to see him get an individual award is really nice.
2: Now, his biggest challenge, I think, going forward, is finding someone hit fungos for him in 2018. and something you guys can all sort out together. Um, but you have solidified the staff. Um, at least the on-field major league staff for 2018. What's your overall take on the group, and where do you think um, this will help the team going forward?
0: We're really excited by this coaching staff, and we know Kevin is. And uh, you know, this we share Kevin's optimism, and, and the staff that that uh, you know we have helped him to put together um, is a group that a group of people that we think is going to be very cohesive. Uh, people who have great expertise, uh, care about each other, care about players, and we're really looking forward to aligning this group so that we can try to get the absolute best out of every guy on this club.
2: And, you know, there is some youth in there. Um, look, Kyle and uh, Ozzie, Kyle Snyder, Ozzie Timmons, were both coaches in A Durham. With the group that you have either on the precipice of helping the club or likely to help the club at the start of the season how much difference does that make and how much what they did in Durham this year was influenced by the decision to move them up well
0: the continuity is something we really value and knowing uh, that a lot of our players who you know we're always going to count on young players and a lot of our players who have come up had such great success especially in Durham this year uh, some guys who have already made their major league debuts and then guys who we anticipate uh, helping us in the future and uh, you know Kyle and Ozzie uh, were a big part of uh, that success and we know that our players respond to them it's a it's a great uh, feeling of comfort to know with those guys how our players are going to respond
2: and you've promoted within in terms of your training staff too you look you lost a really good person in Ron Porterfield I don't think anyone doubts that I mean, may put in two decades plus with this organization, um, but what's what went into the decision to promote Joe Bench, have Paul Harker have a, a new role, same for for Mark Vincent, who also have all been here for a while now.
0: Yeah, and you know you mentioned you mentioned Ron, and uh, we can't appreciate enough how much he did here over the the, the long period of time he was with this organization. Uh, not just a, you know, a great athletic trainer, but also a close friend uh, of, of many of us and, and will remain that. And uh, you know, at the same time, I think our, our depth in our training staff has always been outstanding. And we've got you know, this staff that Joe and, and Mark are going to lead, and, and, and putting Hark in this new role will help us you know, further strengthen the staff and allow him to impact the staff in new ways. Uh, it's a really deep bench that we've had there, and we're excited for some of these
2: guys to get a chance to, to take
0: on uh, new and different roles.
2: In hark's case, how different will it be, and does it also allow him maybe to get off the road a little bit, or what does it allow him to do differently than maybe he did last year, or the last several?
0: Yeah, that's part of it you know he he has been uh you know and, and you know he's obviously a little bit behind the scenes here, so a lot of people don't know him. Uh, but you know, our athletic trainers are some of the hardest working people in the business and there may be people who work as hard as Paul Harker. I, I don't think there's anybody who works harder than he does. And, uh, he's been doing this for almost three decades and now to have a chance to, uh, you know, once in a while during the season, go home and have dinner with his family, I think is something that is well-earned, uh, on his part. Uh, it will also allow us to uh, better service some of our major league rehabs and, uh, just provide a lot of support to our training staff that in the day-to-day grind of the season, our three, uh, Major league athletic trainers uh, can sometimes be so consumed with those needs that players have every day that having someone who is not tied to that schedule and can look at some more global issues and can make sure some things aren't falling through the cracks, uh, that's just going to strengthen our staff.
2: So in essence, you guys have gone sort of from three to four in terms of overseeing the, the major league players, right?
0: Well, we'll have four guys based out of Tropicana Field, although although Hark's role, he won't be a day-to-day part of the Major League staff, but there's no doubt he's going to continue to have an impact. And just, again, the cohesion on this staff and the way they work together is, uh, is is really excellent, and it's just, I think, going to make us that much stronger. And at the end of the day, we're trying to keep our players on the field and it should help us do that.
2: No doubt. And look, that probably went into some of your recent 40-man decisions. Um, you've cut the 40-man down to 32 Um, You had cut down to 36 from, let's say, those guys who were free agents and then added the ones that were um, on the 60-day and then lopped off four more. And most of those guys were guys who had had some injury issues, correct?
0: Yeah, and that, uh, you know, obviously sometimes can play a role in these decisions. Uh, I think the big thing here, uh, you know, with us uh, making some of these roster moves early, we're looking ahead to November 20th, where we have to set our 40-man roster, protect players from the Rule 5 draft. And we feel fortunate that we have a a really talented crop of players this year, although we haven't made final decisions, but a crop of players that – have a chance to be big parts of our future that are going to require some 40-man spots and so getting out in front of that and giving ourselves some room to maneuver as we go into the offseason knowing that we're going to have to add to our 40-man roster uh and, and add quite a bit uh you know was really the motivation here
2: and in let's say a couple of those cases Sean Tollison he probably you could have tendered him a contract but he wasn't going to be ready until probably at least the midway point of next season correct
0: yeah, Tali will be out for a while. Uh, it, you know the nature of the injury and the timing of the surgery. You know he is expecting to miss a good chunk of 2018, and uh, so that that made that decision a little a little easier
2: for us. And I think in Taylor Guerrero's case, look, he's now healthy, but he's also missed a lot of time. And there may be some guys who are more durable. Look, you've never seen Taylor. If you want to put him in a bullpen role, you don't know how he's going to adjust to that. He only has one more option left. I'm I'm not surprised Toronto wanted him. But in your case, it seemed like you guys had more depth of starting pitching options.
0: yeah, I think that's the case. Uh, Taylor's been through a lot with us, and uh, you know we were hoping to be able to retain him in some capacity, but obviously, they only allow you to have forty players on the 40 man and you know we know that it 's going to be an off season of some difficult decisions and as you mentioned, some of the pitching depth that has stepped up uh, over the course of this past year, some of the guys that we saw in the big leagues over the course of the year, and then some guys who have yet to make their major league debuts. We feel we're in a pretty good spot uh, with our pitching depth, and it it just made those decisions, uh, you know, necessary. Although they are tough decisions.
2: Speaking of tough decisions, and I, I, look, there was one you did make this week, uh, where you did tender a qualifying offer to Alex Cobb. I can't imagine that was the easiest decision to make because look, if he accepts, it's seventeen point four million dollars. Uh, if he doesn't, you do get some sort of draft pick as compensation. But look, for a club like this that certainly would make the offseason a whole lot different, but you certainly value him a great deal too.
0: Yeah, there's no question. And, uh, you know, I think when you make an offer like this, you need to be prepared for all the outcomes and and make sure that you're comfortable with all the outcomes, and we certainly are. Um, you know, I think that the big thing here, Alex, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about how important Alex Cobb has been to our group. Um, we think the world of him. And, uh, you know, these offers are not things that we're often in a position to make, uh, but he's a pl- the, the caliber of player that merits this type of offer.
2: No doubt, and uh, you will find out soon enough, probably after the GM meetings, what his formal decision is. You brought up the decisions you have to make November 20th. That's when you have to add guys to the 40-man who, if they aren't protected, they're eligible for the Rule 5 draft. Is this as deep a group? As you've had, because you go into, let's say, this weekend with eight spots open on the forty-man. I don't remember you guys having that many before making any trades or any other moves.
0: Yeah, it is. uh, And again, there's some decisions we we need to make. There's some decisions that will be easier and some that might be harder, especially when you look at. You don't want to fill up the roster completely because you might need spaces later in the winter for guys on your major league club. Uh, or or guys you might acquire in trades or or however you you get them. But uh, it is a really deep group, and you can, you know, when when we do uh, come up with that final list on the 20th, I think a lot of the names on that list are going to be guys that we think have a chance to be impactful players here for a long time.
2: One question on that end, because I'm sure fans want to know this. Okay, if there's one that's an automatic, because there are probably a couple that, to my mind and to a fan's mind, are automatics. Do you identify them and notify them now, or do you wait till November twentieth? Do you make them wait? How does this? How does this all work? Because I'm sure the guy is waiting for a call.
0: Yeah, there are guys that we can look and that uh, you know, and, and leave it to our fans to 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 figure out who they are. But there's some guys that I think are are, are pretty close to no-brainers on this front. Now that said, uh, we always wait till the twentieth uh, for a lot of reasons. I think you never know what will happen. Um, You know, and and until the move is going to be official, there's not really any need to uh, to tell the player something because things could change. You never know. Sometimes there are trades, different things that could happen. Those moves will happen on November 20th. We're talking about them all the time and we're going to continue talking about them. But really, until they happen, uh, that's you know, that we're not. Going to say anything concrete to our players. I do think it's an exciting day for a lot of those players, and we experience it here. and and November twentieth is often very hectic, and we're running around, and there's conversations with other clubs. Teams are trying to make moves while they're trying to set their rosters. But one of the nice things throughout that day, uh, as our players, you know, are are hearing from us, uh, and typically hearing from Mitch, who's known them, you know, since they got in the system, that hey, you're going to be on the forty man roster. It's really exciting, and they the reactions are great. Uh, and it's just it's it's a big day for them. So I think even though it might add a little suspense, the payoff for those guys who do get added
2: is is tremendous. Well, I'm sure those who are listening know who they are in terms of the more automatic guys. But here's what we're going to do: the GM meetings are the 13th through the 15th. We'll have our next podcast on the 21st, and then kind of wrap up all the decisions that went maybe before the winter before the GM meetings. Uh, after the GM meetings and what occurred on the 20th itself. Haim, in the meantime, uh, good luck the next week. I know you have a lot of tough decisions to make and a lot of discussions to have. Thanks, Neil. We should have a lot to talk about on the 21st. I'm sure. That is Haim Bloom. We appreciate you joining us on our latest podcast. We will have blogs if other news breaks, RaiseRadio.mlblogs.com. In the meantime, enjoy the off-season talk and speak with you on the 21st.